0: gosh. Um, Just for for those who who felt, oh, it was great to have a bit of coaching from Mike, and um, we're going to be doing a series on um, supernatural ministry called Empowered. It starts on Tuesday, May the 17th. We're going to do five sessions, really wanting to um, equip everybody who'd like to come on things like, how do you pray for people to be filled with the Spirit? What about prophecy? What about spiritual gifts? All that kind of stuff. So, Uh, Put that in your diary if that's of interest to you. And also, um, it was so good baptising people, and we thought we'd run out of all our baptism booklets, so we couldn't give them away last week. But I found a load just now, and there's some out in the foyer. So if you think, really, God's calling me to get baptised, and I'd like to do a bit of the, you know, read the small print, um, take one of these from the foyer when you leave tonight, and... um, Maybe go through that with somebody on your pastor or your small group or or talk to one of the team about it. And we'd love to book you in for a baptism service coming to a church near you very soon. I'm going to pray. Father God, tonight we've uh, been able to celebrate that Jesus is alive and he's worthy of our worship. Father, tonight we've been aware that in a broken, suffering, war-torn world, you have put men and women to be your ambassadors to bring your mercy and your comfort to a hurting world. Lord, tonight we've, we've, we've heard that you are equipping and calling people like us to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, just keep doing that stuff, Lord God, with us. Use my words, I pray tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Last Sunday it was Easter, and on Easter Sunday we said, Christ is risen. risen Alleluia. And that's true. I believe it's true. The question is, does it make a difference to your life that Christ is risen? And on the first Easter Sunday, some people met Jesus. In fact, Mary met Jesus in the garden. And she went and told the disciples that she'd seen him. And I don't know whether they believed her or not. But I know that for me... I believed that Jesus was risen for quite the the first few years of my life. You know, I grew up knowing about Christianity. But the fact that I knew Jesus was risen didn't really make much difference to my life. Because it hadn't become personal. It's one thing to know about Jesus. It's one thing to believe in Jesus. Actually, the Bible tells us that even the devils believe in Jesus but it's another thing to meet Jesus personally. And what happened on that first Easter day was that on the evening of that third day, Jesus met his disciples. He actually came into their presence. And that's what changed them. I remember when I met Jesus as a young, you know, know, 12, 13-year-old, I don't know how old I was, but it was around that kind of time, And, and, and where I realized that the Jesus that I believed in, the Jesus that I'd grown up with, kind of knowing about, died on the cross for me, and it was an act of mercy and love, and that he wanted to be in my life in a really personal way. You know, and when we talk about having someone in our life, it kind of sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? Having Jesus in your, in your life, Jesus in your heart, does that sound weird to you? But actually, we're all the time including people in our life. We welcome people into our life all the time. We welcome friends into our lives. We welcome some of us media personalities into our life. But if we welcome Jesus into our life, he changes everything. And, and, he, and, and for me, it turns something that was like a kind of, kind of something that was like a fact, like evolution, or a fact like... Um, brazil exists to here's a person that's been seeking you and knows you and loves you and and if you're here tonight and you don't know jesus personally or if you're watching online and you don't know jesus personally my hope and prayer would be that you would find him as someone that knows you and you can know personally back so let's read that chapter from well that bit from john chapter 20 just got a few verses that are going to come up on the screen i prepared this one earlier um Claire Thompson prepared it for her sermon this morning. (laughs) It's, It's quite good. Anyway, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, a fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came, stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them His hands and side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. What was happening in that moment what was actually happening was that disciples were becoming christians what they were becoming was little christs do you know what the word christ means shout out yes anointed one that's what it means jesus christ is the christ the messiah the anointed one when we anoint someone we say that they are important. When we anoint someone, it's usually a king or a queen, or a, back in the Old Testament, it might have been a priest. When, when people were anointed with the sacred anointing oil, it marked them out as someone who had authority and power, people who would be able to lead the, the people of God or lead the nation. Now, Jesus wasn't anointed with kind of the anointing oil of the special formula that they had back given to them in the Old Testament. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus was baptized, John, the Baptist, who was baptizing him, saw the Spirit come down like a dove and rest on Jesus, and a voice from heaven saying, this is my son, I'm pleased with him. And that was the anointing of Jesus. And he, he left his baptism, led by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, it says. And he left the wilderness, having overcome in that place, that testing, having chosen, set his face to, to be the kind of, of leader that was going to be the, the true Son of God, the true Messiah, the one who was going to not avoid the suffering of the cross, but embrace that call to be the suffering servant, to lay down his life. And it says that Jesus left the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he started to do miracles. He would drive out demons from people. He would heal the sick. He would bring prophetic messages. He he would speak with divine knowledge into people's lives. He, He did nature miracles. He walked on water. He did things that showed who he was, that he was God's anointed one. He was the Messiah. And people put their faith in him. Now, the disciples who he called to be his new community, his followers, he lent them some of his anointing. He sent them out. He said, go go on, go out. I'm going to send you ahead of me. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Drive out demons. You know, you can can do this. Off you go. I'm going to share my anointing with you. But there was a time coming when it wasn't going to be just a temporary mission trip. This was the new community that Jesus came to inaugurate, came to leave. You know, actually, he's going to go and be with his father. And he described himself like, you know what happens when a seed falls to the ground and dies? A whole bunch of new growth happens. A whole bunch of seeds are formed because of that. And he pictured his death like that. I'm going to die in order to give life to many. And it starts here on that first Easter day. Those 11 men in that room are part of that seed, that that new life that's that's come out of Jesus dying and rising again. Because they are now sharing in his anointing. And if you look at the text, what you'll find is that Jesus is calling them to be and do the things that he was called to do. It says, doesn't it? As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. It's huge. Jesus, the anointed one, God's servant, sent, planned, sent from heaven to earth, actually, given authority. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. And that message which the 11 took wasn't actually just for them. I believe it was for... All of those people, because it was a message to the church. And this is the if you like the the, the hub, the, the 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 beginnings of the church. But for all people who follow Jesus, we're all anointed ones. That's what that's why we're Christians. We're little Christs. We've all got the anointing. We share in the anointing that Jesus had, which was the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And in a minute or two, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit. But that was the call on those 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 11 people. Everything's changed because of Easter, because now the the message and the ministry that was entrusted to what is now going to the many. So here they are. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. That's huge, isn't it? One thing that's particularly huge is because they did not feel worthy of being sent. I don't know whether you feel... Worthy to follow Jesus, to identify with Him in the way that He identifies with you. I mean, do, do you, when you when you stand up at a place of work and say, "Actually, I'm a Christian, guys. I just want you to know that I'm a follower of Jesus." Maybe you feel a bit embarrassed. Maybe maybe it's not just because it's the associations of, of a church that seem boring and irrelevant, but maybe it's because you feel my life doesn't quite measure up. Maybe the idea that you can do the things that Jesus did. Or imitate Christ. just seems outrageous. It's beyond me. Maybe you've tried to do that and failed. How many people have tried to follow Jesus and failed? I mean, I've spent a lot of time trying to follow Jesus and messing up and failing, you know? In my own strength. Trying to be good. And I'm not naturally very good. Trying to be brave and actually I'm a bit cowardly. Trying to be sacrificial and actually I'm a bit selfish. All that stuff. Trying to pray and, and, and feeling it's, it's not very effective. Now, the disciples, they actually they quite fancied themselves as followers of Jesus. You know, before, the, before Easter, before Calvary, before the Good Friday stuff, they had some quite big claims. You know, we're ready to die with you, Jesus. We'll go with you. Peter, you know, I'll never I'll never deny you, Jesus. You know, know, we're with you to the end. But what actually happened when it came to the crunch was that they all abandoned Jesus. Because they were afraid, they ran away. Because they were afraid, they didn't keep their promises to Jesus. And they did not feel that they were worthy. And this is them at their lowest ebb. If you are in a room behind locked doors because you're afraid you are at a low ebb. Your sense of your ability to do very much for the kingdom of God is at rock bottom. Your ability to follow Jesus is at rock bottom. Your sense of self-confidence is at rock bottom. That is where you can really begin to be filled with the Spirit. Because to be filled with the Spirit is to know how much we need God. And I've got to say that having made a decision to become a Christian to follow Jesus... I spent too long thinking I still had to do it in my strength. I still had to try and be good. I still had to kind of manage myself. What I actually came to realize was that I couldn't live the Christian life unless God himself lived it in me and through me, that I needed his Holy Spirit. The disciples on Easter Day have realized that they can't do it. They can't keep their promises. So if tonight you're watching or you're here in the building and you felt, I can't keep my promises to God, I keep messing up, then you're in the right place to be filled with the Spirit. That doesn't disqualify you, that qualifies you. And a big mistake that people make is they think, I've messed up, therefore I'm disqualified from God using me. Whereas in fact, when you say I've messed up and I've failed, it's I now realize the only way that God's going to use me, if he does it in me, ah I've got it now, <laughs> you know because that is the only way God is going to use you. The, Paul writes about says we're, we're like we've got treasure in jars of clay. I 'm a jar of clay, but Christ is the treasure in me it's not about me, it's about him and if 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 you know that i'm As as kind of sceptical, timid, selfish person, and yet God can use me, A, that gives glory to God, and B, that gives you, well, if God can use Dave Mitchell, he can use me. And that's how it is. And honestly, that's how I am. Somebody who God should not really be using, but he has chosen to in his grace. And it's the same for you. So I'm speaking to everyone who feels or has ever felt disqualified from being used by God. I know some of you personally have felt like that, you've just felt shame. You thought, How can God use me? God says, I want to use you, and it's my grace, and it's to my glory, and it's my pleasure to use you. So Jesus comes to these eleven failures. They weren't great to start off with, by the way. You know, They weren't the, the creme de la creme of, of the kind of Jewish nation. They were a little bit on the edge anyway. And they'd messed up. And, and he says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. That, that plan from heaven. The, the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world. That kind of plan that God had for Jesus, Jesus has for them. I'm sending you. I mean... Where was he going to send them? Actually, we know elsewhere. He said, I'm sending you to go to all nations. It's not a little call, is it? Amazing. Okay, so I'm sending you. And then he says, well, he he shows them his hands. and I've already said that. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm sending you, and you're going to need the Holy Spirit. breathe on them, receive the Holy Spirit. That's what he does with us. He gives us the Holy Spirit. Just FYI, in the Greek and Hebrew languages, spirit and breath and wind, they're all the same word. And the Greek word pneuma, that's where we get pneumatic tires and we, we get the numinous, the present of the Holy Spirit. Anyway, all of that stuff. But he breathes on them, receive the Holy Spirit. What does that remind you of? If you know your Bible, you know that, Jesus, that God, in Genesis, breathes on some dust. Now, dust is not, you know, it can't do a lot, dust. It's not very useful for changing the world. But God breathed on dust, and it became Adam, new creation. And here's Jesus breathing on those disciples, and what he's saying to them as he does that, it's an impartation, but it's also saying to them, you are new creations, Receive the Spirit and let my life animate your dusty old life and your brand new. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says, if you forgive anyone his sins, they're forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they're not forgiven. Have we read that before in the Bible? Yes, we have. We've read that in Mark chapter 2. And in Mark chapter, four, in Mark chapter 2, Jesus has begun his ministry, the Anointed One. And um, it's outrageous. There's a story in Mark chapter 2 about some people who bring a paralyzed man to Jesus. Jesus is preaching. Have you you know that story, don't you, about the paralyzed man? There's a big crowd where Jesus is preaching, and, and, and his friends just can't get near enough for Jesus to see or heal the paralyzed man. So they make a hole in the roof and they lower him down. And, um, and Jesus, when, he says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus knew in his spirit, that this is what they were thinking in their heart. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is it easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralysed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And he got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. And that amazed everyone. They praised God and said, we've never seen anything like this. What what you see in that story is real characteristics of the work of the Spirit in the life of Jesus and his followers. What you see is the marriage of power and authority. Jesus has authority, and he's got the kind of authority that's divine level authority. Only God can forgive sins. And you get that, don't you? Because honestly, if... um, Tim Dobson runs from the back and punches me and um, Nettie on the front row says, I forgive you, Tim. I might be a bit indignant about that. I say, what do you mean you forgive him? <laughs> he punched me, not you. But actually, if it's true that all, all sin is, is ultimately sin against God, then God can say, well, actually, I forgive you, Tim. You know, so, so that's why they thought it's blasphemous. Because it's kind of like, it's like a universal forgiveness that you're proclaiming over somebody. Jesus doesn't deny that only God can forgive sins. But what he says, Look, I'm going to show you that I am the kind of person that can do this by, well, right, you might think it's easy to say, I forgive your sins. Actually, it's not easy because there's a, there's a divine authority there. But actually, by the way, get up and Walk paralyzed man. And he does. And the, the power of God is at work there. And of course, it backs up authority. Now, that's actually the way it works in life, doesn't it? Authority is always backed up by power. If, if I'm um, driving carelessly and um, uh, a policeman asks me to stop and uses his authority, maybe puts his hand up... Um, if I fail to stop, he will then use his power and summon assistance and pursue me and arrest me. You know? and, and that's what happens. If, if we don't say yes to authority, authority uses power to reinforce its authority. And, of course, Jesus demonstrates that. Power and authority belong together. And, and how do you know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive? Well, he's got the power to heal the sick. And it's that divine level of authority that Jesus gives to these people who, who don't know their own authority, who've messed up, who are broken, who are hiding behind fear of Jesus, who feel, we've got no authority at all, we're just scared. And he says to them, if you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. That is divine level of authority, which he's giving to these broken people because they're under his anointing, they're people of his kingdom. The power of the kingdom is at work through ordinary men and women so they can say your sins are forgiven and actually we do that at Woodies we tell people your sins are forgiven we pronounce forgiveness over people because God has given us authority to do that now honestly sometimes um, the authority means I need to know who I am I need to know I'm someone that God has said peace to. Jesus has said peace twice here. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a greeting. But it's peace. And it's, I'm at peace with God because Jesus died. He showed me his hands and his side and he, he died for me. And and actually, he's borne my sins. He's taken my shame. I'm now at peace with God. And he's, he's breathed on me. He's given me new life and he's given me authority. Now I'm I'm, a, I'm beginning to be ready to be the person who's a minister of the kingdom of God. And what Easter does, what follows Easter, is a people who are the new community of the kingdom of God, established on planet of Earth to finish the job, to take the good news that we can be right with God, that we can be set free from powers that are too strong for us, that we can live a new transformed life and that every tribe, tongue and nation on the planet can have that good news and belong to to leave the kingdom of darkness where we're living in fear and bondage, where we're we're hiding because we're afraid, because we're shut in and we can start to live an expansive life and honestly that's God's promise for us. Now there's more to come, the day of Pentecost is going to come and this Authority Day, John 20, is going to be followed by a power day. And Acts 2, this time when they're meeting together, the Holy Spirit shows up with power, with not just like a gentle breath, but like a mighty rushing wind, with tongues of fire. And and the Spirit of God comes upon them, and they're energised, and they go out, they start to preach. And on the back of that, they do things like Jesus did. They come across a paralysed man. He sat outside the temple begging, and he asked them for money, and, and Peter says... We don't have any money, silver and gold we don't have. But what we do have, we give you, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. And this paralysed man goes walking and leaping and praising God. And they are Christians because in the name of Jesus Christ, the anointed one, we are under that anointing. We can speak his name, his word to you and you can be set free from the thing that's held you all your life. This lame man has never walked. And he, he It's an extraordinary miracle. It turns Jerusalem upside down. And it's these people who, a few weeks beforehand, are hiding behind locked doors for fear of the Jews that have had their lives turned around. Their words, their actions, their boldness has changed because Jesus is risen and he's met them and they've met him and they've been commissioned by him. And they're doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, that's my message for us, you know? We meet with Jesus. Jesus is more real than anything else. Jesus is so real, he can walk through walls because walls are not as real as he is. That's why he can come anywhere. He's more real. He's got the eternal reality that's broken into planet Earth. And he's real enough to transform every life. And he's big enough that we can all come under his anointing. So, in the light of Easter, what's God saying to you? He's risen. Have you met him? As I finish, I want to say for anyone who has not yet met Jesus face-to-face, as it were, personally. You've been around church, and maybe you've believed the stuff, but it's not yet become really personal. Jesus, a few days after this encounter, meets someone who hasn't been in the room, called Thomas. And he says, um, you know, I'm going to show you myself because I want to encourage you. But he says this. Because you've seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And we're probably those people who, we're not going to see the physical body of Jesus because he's ascended now, he's with the Father. But we believe in him and we're saying yes to him. And if tonight you believe in Jesus, but you've not said, I want you in my life. And if you're in my life, you've got to come as Lord because you are the Lord. It's not, you know, that's the only way you can come into my life is if you come in as Lord and you want to say yes to him. Then we'd love tonight to invite you to to say that big yes to Jesus. And in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that, that you might want to pray that says, yeah, I, w- I want to To know Jesus. I want to know the power of his resurrection life in me. And I want to live for him. And it might be that, that tonight, you are somebody who actually fear has uh, robbed you of knowing your commission. Maybe your own messed upness has meant I'm disqualified from being a minister. Here at Wood is we believe everyone is a minister. And so we want to commission you tonight to be ministers again. And actually, we would like the breath of Jesus, the Spirit, to rest on you tonight and fill you. So I'm going to do a twofold thing. I'm going to pray for people who might think, this is right, I'm right ground zero with this, and I, I need to give my life to Jesus. And that's, that's, I feel his call tonight. I feel, I I, I feel like he's coming to my locked up space and he's there and I can say yes to him. So we're gonna pray for you and then we're gonna just invite people who feel like I I felt disqualified but I'm willing to say, yeah, I, I, I trust that you can use me. Not just in spite of my brokenness but actually it's people like me that you choose. We would love to pray for you just to be, again, commissioned and refill with the Spirit. So here we go. I to say this prayer for people who are just beginning Christian life. And in your own heart and mind, maybe just repeat these phrases after me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. I believe that your life was a ransom for my life. Today I take the step of opening my life to you. Come and live in me by your spirit. Come and be Lord of my life. Forgive my sins, take away my shame. Help me to live as a child of God. Amen. And if you did pray that prayer, that's a big step that needs to be affirmed and shared. So if you did pray that prayer, I would like you to find me at the end of the service and tell me that you prayed it because I want to um, encourage you in what the implications of those things are and what it means to go on and follow Jesus with your life. But if if you're one of those other people who felt, oh, I feel, I've I've felt like, uh, yeah, maybe ministry is for everybody else except me. I just just feel like I've, I've, I'm disqualified somehow. I'm going to ask you to be a bit bold and to take away fear and and just to, to, to stand. Thank you. That's the big step that you've taken tonight. And for some of you, God says to you, There's been a there's been a battle for your life and you have an enemy that's wanted to abuse you. And make you feel shame. That's what abuse does. Often, the victim of abuse feels shame. And um, actually, I, I've come to rescue you, and clothe you, to clothe you, to hide you in myself. And so, for, for those of you who've, who've been carrying profound shame, tonight, in the name of Jesus, we speak to shame. Tell you, you have no partnership with these men and women because Jesus himself carried on the cross as he's hung naked and mocked he 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 hung there and carried all the antagonism of hell so that these men and women could hear the voice of the father saying you are my child i love you i'm pleased with you and god wants you to know that in standing tonight he wants you to know his pleasure in you saying you want to be his child and to serve him and to follow you. And for other of you, it's, it's, it's not so much shame as failure and, and, and disappointment and, and stuff like that in your life. And, and that's all right. So what we'd love to do is just look around the room. I wonder whether some, some of you, would, if you're near them or if you're part of a team, would just come and stand and put your hand on those men and women who are standing. And we're going to, to pray a prayer of commissioning on you to be ministers. And actually, for some of you, it means being sent. And, and that may not be geographically being sent. I think for some of you, it's being sent to people groups. For some of you, you've come from a place of, um, uh, where, where you've had life-controlling issues. You, you know what they are. And and God wants you to to speak to people who think, I could never be a Christian because Christians are different. Christians are kind of middle class people who've always had it together and have not done things and don't know what I've been through. And Jesus said, I'm sending you to those people to give them a message of hope and transformation. And for some of you, God's actually maybe calling you to a level of ministry that's going to be sacrificial on your life, that's going to require you to maybe put aside some career prospects or make some financial decisions that are going to be challenging. But God says, if you leave things for the sake of my kingdom, you'll receive reward in this life, houses, family fields and in the age to come eternal life in other words my promise to you is that um, you may not get all the material reward that this world offers but you're going to get rewarded with the things of my kingdom the people of my kingdom so in the name of Jesus let your spirit come like breath on these men and women who are standing now Holy Spirit will you come and empower them to live the life that you've called them to Holy Spirit, will you send them as the Father sent Jesus? Will will you help them to know where they are being sent? May they have hard feet and soft hearts where you send them in Jesus' name. And it may just be sent next door. It may even just be sent to the house where you're house sharing at the moment. It doesn't have to be a big dramatic, I'm going across the oceans. But knowing that you're a sent person, that where God has put you, he wants to use you.